You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards, and Taylor Polendo. I am so excited about today's podcast because we are interviewing our very first official guest, Katie Masters. Katie is a nail artist and business owner located in Santa Monica, California. And five years into her business, Nail Thoughts, she has become known for her whimsical art, for giving business ownership tips to all her fellow entrepreneurs, and for her positive mindset. And no matter how much anxiety she has for every uncomfortable step she takes with her business, she still continues to persist and survives to tell the tale. Well, she's the real deal, and we can't wait for you to meet her. Katie, welcome to our podcast. You're our very first guest. So (laughs) nerve-wracking. I'm so nervous. (laughs) Hey, that's fair. So we are excited to have you here. And I know Taylor and Meredith have some questions for you. But one of the reasons we wanted you to be on the podcast was because of your profound last five years or six years, I'd say, um, where you have been a person who's traded comfort for growth. And so we are so excited to hear about your journey and about the steps and challenges that you've faced and what you've done about those things. And so um, welcome. And we want to start with um, just asking you to tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do. Well, uh, my name is Katie Masters, and I am a nail artist and business owner, and I have my own little private salon in Santa Monica. And I'm originally from Long Beach, and I actually was a student in good old Talk Docs uh, class. I think twice. I think I took your class twice, actually. I don't remember which one. Wait, did I flunk you? (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was another me out there. I didn't have to read you. I didn't fail. (laughs) Two different classes, but I don't remember which ones they were. So you left Cal State Long Beach. What did you do after you left us? Well, I had to go to beauty school. I figured after I uh, graduated, now would be the best time to just go into another completely different type of school. So I enrolled. I think I only gave myself like four months off after graduating Cal State Long Beach. And then I just dove into beauty school. And that only took me like three months because it's hours based. So I did like three months of like 12 hour days and then got my license. And then I knew I wanted to have my own business working for myself. So I just went out looking for like small spaces I can rent, like small little corners of a room that I can rent or office spaces, whatever it may be. And I found one and I was like, sure, I'll take it. Like, it was so funny. Like, I remember walking to the building, not knowing anything. And it's one of those buildings. It's called Salon Republic or like, it's kind of same thing as like Phoenix Salon Suites. Do you guys, have you seen those around? It's basically like a giant office building with like tiny little office spaces only for beauty related people. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were like, oh, we have like two rooms left. And I was like, I'll take it. And they were like, you don't want a tour. And I was like, "Uh, sure, you can show me, but I'll take it. And they were like, oh, right. Like, I had no idea. I was like, yes, absolutely. And so I've been in that space for five wow. years now. <laughs> oh, so at this, you're at the same space still. Same space. Oh, I know. Okay. You said you always wanted your own business. So did you always know the business that you no. were going to pursue? No. I wanted like... I had a dream of like a little boutique store, you know, I'm a very crafty person. So I would always just experiment with like making things and creating things. So I was doing like knitting, sewing candles. I did it all. And I, I had an Etsy shop in college 
and not to brag or anything, but I made a total of three sales <laughs> in my year of having my Etsy. So, uh, then I think I had to shut it down. Cause I was like, I don't know what this is. And I think nails was always sort of a constant <laughs> and I was always doing my friend's nails and my nails. And I would just get over all of the little hobbies and things that I would do like the knitting and sewing. I just kind of got over it, but nails kind of remained a constant. And so, yeah, when I graduated, I was like, you know what, this has stayed and I haven't gotten over it. And I think my quote unquote boutique shop would be my own like salon space. And so that's kind of where I feel like I was always just trying to make and create things, but I just didn't know what I was going to do with it. And so, yeah, now here we are. I just made that jump and here we are. Do you remember the moment that you jumped all in to start this? And I know you kind of touched on it a little bit. And what was that like? feel like it wasn't necessarily a moment. It was more of like a three months worth of just chaos and just guessing. Like, I don't remember the exact moment because again, I just went straight into beauty school for just three months straight. And I was like, oh my God, this is a lot, but I need to get this done. And then it's almost like, it was like a hamster wheel. So it wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. a moment. It was just like kind of an exhausting, stressful, exciting hamster wheel of just like, okay, now that I do this, now I have to do this. And now I have to get a space and now I have to build clients. I don't even have clients. What am I doing? Like, so it was just kind of like a long moment. Three months of risking all all together. Yes. So it's all blur. It's all blur at the beginning. Like I I can't even remember specific things because I think I was just in survival mode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. So you got your degree in comp studies, but you kind of thought maybe you should have done business. Do you regret that? How would you describe comp studies as a major? Do you think it was a right choice for entrepreneurs? Would you recommend that for others? Yeah, I feel like a comp degree was so necessary. It takes a lot of skill and practice to really be able to like chat with people on long sort of appointments or business things and stuff. So but then so your real business is communication and you also do nails. Actually, though, <laughs> not even saying that because I'm on here. Actually, though, I'm not even kidding. Like it is so I remember I didn't realize how much like talking I was going to have to do when I started until like it started happening. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I absolutely had no idea because you're just one on one with people face to face. And sometimes for like two hours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you don't know the people. Luckily, I feel like I know everyone and I kind of cut off my like new clients. So I know everyone. So it's, I'm like less anxious and you build those relationships and stuff. But now I feel like I've unlocked a whole other layer of communication with like, yeah, like business partnerships and like products and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a lot. It's, it's just, it's just a giant puzzle is what it is of communication and learning how to communicate things into like your audience or whatever, like explaining a product, so many things. So yeah. Kind of circling back a little bit, what communication tools do you find that you're harnessing most often? Cause you said you're, yes, you, this is a nail thoughts, but you're in the business of communication and you also do nails. So I feel like, uh, I have three, I wrote them down. So first, uh, storytelling for sure because I feel like that has a lot to do with like knowing your audience and public speaking. And it's very like, it's very much just like telling the story of the brand, telling the story of the product, telling the story of you and your salon. Like it's storytelling is 
so important for marketing. I, I never realized until like these last few years. So storytelling for sure. Um, knowing your audience is also huge. Number two. So huge. Like, I feel like that is also the same sort of thing of like, if you're launching a product or something like kind of probably the way you were thinking when you started this podcast, like who is my audience and what do they need? What questions do they have? Like what products can I put out for, to fill those needs? So I feel like knowing your audience is definitely an underrated one that I think a lot of people don't do. And I think a big mistake I feel like in business is people make things just for their own ego Hmm. and don't take into account like who's going to buy this? What is your audience actually asking for? So I think that was actually like a huge one for me. And then finally, the third one is inner, it's like interpersonal communication, but on a business sort of transaction level. So I guess it would be business communication. Tell me a little bit more about that. But I feel like my example for this, and I've actually been having a hard time with this. And it's basically what happens with me is I, I hire someone, right? Whether it be doing a website or editing something for me or doing something. And I have really specific expectations, but I'm almost too scared to correct their work. So they'll show me something and be like, oh, here it is. And I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I beat around the bush and I say things like, what if we changed it to this? Or maybe I think, what do you think if we did this? And I'm not clear with my expectations. And so it's funny. I feel like I've luckily I'm aware of it now, but for the first like few years of me hiring people to like do stuff for me, I feel like I would almost get resentful because I I would always just be like, well, no one can do what I'm asking. I don't know why it's so hard to like find someone. I would just fall into that spiral that really ended up circling back to me and not actually communicating my needs and not being clear, not being like, Hey, actually, I don't like this. Can we just change it to this? And do you think that that had to do with being young and probably male or I think both, I mean, not, I'm not trying to lead you into that, but just no, but I definitely think both. And I think it's only been this last year because I feel like things have been exploding in different like ventures, obviously, because I wasn't in the salon for nine months. So I was like, okay, I got to figure something else out. And so I think just getting out of that comfort zone of just like salon day to day and like learning to make new products and like partnering with other like companies and brands or whatever, and just being like, like, you know, my name is attached to it and being too scared to be like, dude, this sucks. We need to fix it. And, but being like, oh yeah, no, I, that'll be fine you know but I I'm glad that I've actually caught myself in being like a sort of people pleaser and trying not to like hurt people's feelings because I feel like also when you're a creative you feel kind of bad because you've put yourself in their shoes and you're like oh Hmm. well this is your business this is your baby like I don't want to be offensive but I don't like this so and I think a lot of people sort of make that mistake because yeah you grow resentful and I feel like people always make that excuse, uh, which I am so guilty of, like back in the day of just being like, well, everyone's just lazy. Everyone's just like, like whatever, dumb. They just don't get it. And so I feel like you're just pushing your own lack of communication skills onto other people as if it's their problem when really it's 
mine. So that was my third one is interpersonal sort of business, business transaction hmm. communication. That makes did you sense. feel like you had to really work at those or did you feel kind of naturally gifted and like, are you a storyteller? Is it easy for you to converse with your clients? Do you feel like that's I feel like your story? I feel like storytelling for sure. I don't, I feel like I'm pretty decent at telling stories. I like telling stories. Um, but I'm trying to think, I feel like knowing your audience took a little bit and a little bit of research and like reading. Um, it's like, I knew that, but I feel like story, knowing your audience and storytelling kind of go hand in hand you know, because otherwise, like, who are you telling the story for? And like, how can you change the story for someone else? And depending on like, yeah, so it takes practice. And I think it takes a lot of confidence and sort of self work and just (laughs) internal sort of figuring things out. But yeah, luckily, I feel like I've broken through a little bit and feel a lot more comfy with being open um, to like the public and anybody and being able to like tell stories and stuff. But so you trade yeah, comfort to- for growth to get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. I just want to be comfy, but then you got to get uncomfy and then you come uh, It's never ends. So let's talk about this super uncomfortable year we had. You talked about changing things up because obviously your salon closed down for some amount of time. Yeah. And so what did you do to pivot and what advice do you have for those who have to still mm-hmm. do that? Um, well, what I did was, which I, I saw a lot of nail people actually do. Um, I just packed all my stuff and made a little home office and I started making press-ons with all my like most popular designs. And I think that is also, that also ties in with like knowing your audience and with like social media and stuff, you can actually see what your most Mm -hmm. popular designs are, Mm -hmm. what your most, what people love the most every time you do it. So I have like a select like popular top three designs. And so I just like made a ton of those and like maybe like 10, 20 of each design. And I had to like figure out packaging, which is like, see, it's like the little things that you don't think about. Like outside looking in, everyone's like, wow, she started to press on business. I'm like, I cried a lot and I don't know how packaging and shipping works apparently. So I, it was just a matter of like, okay, I just got to put these out because I got to make money. And how has this response been with those? Oh my God. Amazing. I would make like 60 sets, which is so much work. And I would sell out in like less than five minutes. Oh, wow. Because five all minutes. of this, wow. five minutes, sometimes three to four. It was crazy for like three or four months straight. I would just like do a big launch once a month. And then all in the background, I started like a partnership with another gel company, like popular in the nail world. Um, on nail brushes and gel. So in the background, I was also trying to figure that out and when that was going to launch. And I feel like that was in the talks for a little bit before COVID. So it all just came at once. Like all of these things of just like me putting myself out there and like, I don't know how press-ons work. I've never done press-ons on myself. And so it was like, how do I do this? Everyone has different size fingers. Like everyone... I don't, it was just so many questions to like figure out. And it was very scary. Like, I feel like that was the most scared I've ever been. Like not even starting the salon, starting the salon. I'm like young and dumb. I'm like, wow, this is great. I have no clients, but we'll figure it out. But this time it was like, I felt like my name was on the line. My product is like, if it's not good, what's going to happen? Is everyone going to think I'm like, 
just a gimmick. Like it was just, it was so many things, but people were very supportive and it was, it was turned out really great. Something you said something about like, who am I to do this? I don't know what I'm doing, you know, all of mm-hmm. these things. And now that you've done it and you've, you're successful, you're not trying to, you are. Can yeah. you, do you have any words of reframing advice for entrepreneurs out there to talk to themselves through moments like that? Yeah. I feel like the biggest thing that I learned was no one knows what they're doing ever. Hmm. I swear no There's one knows what they're doing. A round of applause and cheering going on. Yes, I, I feel very supportive in that statement. But yeah, no one knows what they're doing. I've truly realized that, especially just being around people, talking to other like business owners, no one knows what we're doing. We're all just like, and that's why I feel like the whole imposter syndrome is such a big thing because you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it feels like through Instagram, everyone knows what they're doing, but we absolutely do not. <laughs> we're just like guessing it, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing that helped me is truly no one knows. We're all just figuring it out. That's kind of what helped me. Oh, your breast looks pretty good. I may have poked around your Instagram. I like it. <laughs> so the so then the key, what I'm hearing is the comparing yourself to other people or believing they have it together and you don't mm-hmm. would be deadly to the entrepreneur. It's actually just deadly. Mm-hmm. Just got yeah, because yeah. then yeah, it's so hard. And I feel like people do that all the time. And um. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting. Like I didn't realize that was going to be a thing until like social media started exploding and then yeah, it's like I can't even it's it's definitely a thing still like even if you're like quote unquote successful, which also we can get into that cuz it's just like I don't even know what success is. It like you, you just keep trying to like get more and more, but I think it's just a matter of being comfortable with yourself and confident in your own like abilities and almost just getting to know yourself on a different level of just like, no, this is, this is my style. This is like, this is who I am. Like no one can be me, Mm. which it sounds very like cliche and cheesy, but it's very true because I feel like truly no one can be you. They can do the same kind of stuff as you. They can have the same sort of style in a way, but they're not you. So I don't know. I think that also, you got to like remind yourself of that in those sort of comparison moments. Cause it gets wild out there. If you're in a bad headspace, it's just, it's just game over. You scroll and you spiral, just shut off the app. So <laughs> you talking about this reminds me of what our very favorite swim coach with our kids when they did swim growing up and our very favorite coach, John Hooten used to say to the kids from when they're really small, the race is in your lane. Yeah. Don't, don't stop the race and look up at the scoreboard and see who's got what time and why you don't have that time. Yeah. Stay in your lane and you know your time is better than it was the last time. Yep. And that's kind Absolutely. of what I'm hearing you say. The race is in your lane. It's just is. Yes. And I'm just so, you just have to stay in your lane. Like I feel like I'm very like visual with that kind of stuff. And even if I do sort of get into that spiral, I kind of like, my, it's so funny. My friends will like have all their different little therapy like sort of ways to sort of get out of that headspace but like a couple people have said just like put your little airpods in your little invisible headphones in and just drown out all of the noise and then just you know straight ahead and then there's also like one time my friend said just pretend like (laughs) 
pretend like you're at a carnival and you're just walking through and just eating your popcorn. And she's like, you don't have to take all of those thoughts for a ride on all of those rides. You don't have to like hear any of these conversations. You're just walking through, enjoying your own space and literally. And I feel like going with your swimming analogy is very much just like, like, let's say you're swimming and you take that extra second to look at the score. You just fell behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're in your head. And so I feel like it's really so bad to actually like go out of your way to almost like harm your progress by clicking someone's profile or whatever it may be. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I used to joke with my kids about something and that was, they used to have a thing called the no breather, which is doing the whole length of the pool with one breath. But I used to say to my kids, how about if we do the no looker? Because they would slow down because they would see where everybody was. Yeah. And I would say, if you could just stop doing that, who cares how many breaths you take? It's so true. It's really so true. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, similar to your swimming analogy, I personally, you know, while my friends are using their AirPods and all of those other little mind tricks, my personal one is just picturing being on like a straight desert road. Mm. Like you look ahead, there's nothing around, you know, it's just desert. It's empty. It's quiet. It's just you and this path and your own thoughts. And I kind of use it to sort of zone out and just kind of Mm -hmm. get into that quiet space in my brain. And I use it so often that I actually named one of my gel colors after it. (laughs) It's literally called Desert Road. Oh, I love that. Okay, we'll have to look out for that one, Desert Road. When you started, did you imagine where you are today being kind of the end of where you saw yourself growing to? Do you have new things you want to keep going towards? Like, how would you describe this journey? I feel like I, it's like I did, but I didn't. Like, I was always definitely like a, I didn't know what manifesting was, but I, turns out I was like pretty good at it because I've like gotten some crazy stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I did this. But I feel like, uh, I don't know. I It's so funny. I had a friend tell me the other day, and it wasn't the other day, but maybe it was like a few months ago. She, like I achieved this like huge thing. Like I could, I was just like, this is so nuts. Like I can't even believe that I did this. And she was like, so that's it. Like now what? You did that. Now what is there left to do? Cause it was like this big thing. And I was like, I, I mean, there's so much still left I can do, but that's such an interesting like mindset to just be like, oh, well, you got that. You reached the top, but I feel like success, like I mentioned earlier, is just like one of those things where, you know, like you don't want to fall into that trap of like, well, if I get this, then I'll be successful and happier because then once you get there, you're still, you're like, I still feel the same. And then you go back to the next thing and you're like, okay, but when I get this, then I'm going to actually be happy. And then you get there and you're like, okay, no, 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 change my mind. When I get this and it's just constantly just like always like wanting more in a way. So you have to find like a healthy boundary with that and not depend on some physical thing for happiness in a way. You just have to like actually just be like, wow, good job. And then continue on with whatever, but you can't like depend on the things. But yeah, I feel like there's so many things that I want to do and I'm like, I'm ready. That's <laughs> awesome. So you're satisfied, but That's still wanting to grow. Yes, exactly. Until totally it connects with what I feel like what we're all trying to do here, which is, you know, 
not being passive in the way that we grow. It sounds like you're a very active participant. Now, of course, obviously in your business, you own your business, but you're active in the way that you're approaching the different successes that come to you. You sound like you're obviously very grateful and appreciative, but you're also going, okay, now let's keep moving, you know? And I think that's what we're all trying to do here is to share and, and learn and spread the message of there's just never an end to learning. And if, if that exists within ourselves and in our relationships and in communication, then it can translate to things like owning a business. It's so true. There's really never an end. Like you're always going to be like learning something. And I think that's really exciting, you know, because you're always going to be learning something about yourself. I feel like the most unexpected thing that I, I guess I signed up for um, when I started my business is all the self-work that I have to do and all of the like, Hmm. just like inner sort of stuff. I'm like, wow, like this is very interesting. Like what comes up when this happens and this happens. And, you know, when you put yourself out there, so many people can see you and have opinions and, you know, be Mm -hmm. like, they can comment, they can like, you know, all this stuff. And so you really have to have that like self-worth and confidence to just be vulnerable. Yes. And just accept it and just be like, no, I'm proud of what I did. And I think a lot of people will will enjoy this because truthfully, not everyone is going to like your stuff. Not everyone is going to like your product. You don't like every store. You don't like every TV show, but it is for someone, you Mm -hmm. know, it's that show for someone. It's that podcast for someone. It's that product for someone. So I think that's also a really good sort of headspace to be in and be like, you know what, it's serving who it's serving and it's okay if someone doesn't enjoy it. Any, any advice for people that put themselves out there on social media or in terms of putting their own passions out there as a product for the world around them to keep their, keep their mind right? Yes. I feel like, um, don't judge yourself, but also don't judge others. I think that was like a really big thing also that I've, I came to terms with even just a few years ago. Cause I've, I, I, you always hear all of these people say, you know, well, they're just, don't listen to them. They're just jealous. And you're like, yeah, F them. But then rarely we actually like turn that magnifying glass back on ourselves. Mm. and be like, well, wait, why am I judging this person? Like what's coming up for me that I need to like be all up in this person's business. And I remember my friend and I a long time ago, maybe like four years ago or something, sort of at the beginning of my business. And when social media, like Instagram stories were becoming big, um, we were having dinner and she said something. She was like, you know, when we were always the people that would just kind of like roll our eyes when we see people like, you know, taking a selfie in the middle of the street or like, you know, talking yeah. to the camera on Instagram, we always be like, Oh God, you know, and just do like, just be like, Oh my God. And I remember we were sitting there and she was like, you know, it's so funny. Like, someone actually told me the reason why you're like judging this person so hard and these people so hard on their like stupid things that they're doing is because you kind of are jealous of like the fact that they feel comfortable doing that and you don't like you wish you had that sort of comfort to do that but you feel like you need to sort of project and judge them for it in a sort of a defense thing and I think it sort of unlocked this whole world for us where we just stopped caring about what other people were doing and when you stop judging people and like you know putting so much energy into like whatever random things people are doing like you really start being way nicer to yourself so I do think it does start with like 
just minding your own business. Who cares if they're taking a picture Mm -hmm. in the middle of everyone? Like who cares if they're talking to the camera, like, you know, and then it sort of unlocks that confidence in yourself of just be like, yeah, who does care? Why am I judging this person? And why am I judging myself? Like, I'm just going to do it. And I think the second you stop judging people, the, you, you literally do unlock some sort of like layer of happiness and sort of like peacefulness with yourself to just be like, I'm comfortable doing this. And I don't care if people think I look funny because who cares, you know? And so I think that's definitely my biggest tip is don't judge yourself, which is hard, but I think starting with not judging other people is actually the most important. And I feel like it's the least talked about because we're all guilty of it, you know? And I think people are always just like, they're so quick to being like, oh, well, that person's just saying that because they're jealous. And you're like, but let's talk about ourselves <laughs> when, when we do that, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, Jamal Javanji, he'll say, karma isn't a bitch, it's a mirror. Yeah. And you've just lost loveliness, like you've lost sight of your loveliness. He has yeah. this whole like article about it, but it really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of like hope that karma is going to get someone like, oh, well, karma will get them. It's like, well, let's, let's turn it back on ourselves. And I think that's what you're saying with an inner look. Yes. I feel like it's so important. And it, it really did feel like it unlocked a whole layer of my business. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that conversation like four years ago, because mm-hmm. I would be too busy living someone else's life and making decisions out of fear instead of out of fear of judgment instead of just because it, I should do this for my business. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I was living in fear for like the first couple of years. Cause yes, I was young and insecure, but also like it could have carried if I didn't have that like conversation and really turn into myself, you know, Dr. K she was shitting on herself. Yeah. Should be shitting on herself. Do you have any other maybe communication resources that you would recommend that have really stuck out or helped you through this journey? Um, For business owners, I really love, it's called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's so good for businesses. And I feel like you would actually really like it because it is all about storytelling and how when you want to build a successful brand, it needs to have a specific story. And at the, the best point I got out of it was you as the business owner are not the hero of the story. It's the customer, it's the client, it's the listener, hmm. and we are the guide. And so he always puts it into sort of movie terms. So like, there's always, you know, that uh, protagonist in the movie. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, they're down and out, they come across some, other person, some guide that helps guide them to something. And they're like, Oh my gosh. And then they win. And so it's kind of like the same concept with business and telling that sort of story and creating almost that like movie for them. Like you are their guide to help them become a better nail artist or uh, communicator, but we are not the heroes. Like it's not necessarily about us. It's not. And I think that was really important. Um, that was one of my favorite books that I learned a lot with business. It sounds like you've gone all in. All in. And it's neat to hear that your your customer, your client is is the thing that you're trying to lift up, not your not just yourself. You know, yes. that's humbling. And it's exciting that's for it. your clients to know that that's your that's your vision for them too. Mm-hmm. It's cool. 
So I'm wondering, do you branch out from here, like salons, the nail thought chain? Do we have that in the future or? I don't. Maybe it's called nail feelings. <laughs> nail thought. Nail. I'll serve wine at nail feelings. <laughs> I'll become yes. a sommelier just for nail feelings. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I don't think I want to have salons that I think I want more of like products, like physical products. As I think after I created, I had to like build my own Shopify, which is so hard. Yeah. It's so hard with like all the tech stuff and the behind the scenes and how do I figure out the shipping costs and stuff. And so I feel like now that I did that during the COVID and all the shutdowns, I feel like mm -hmm. I can do anything. I'm like, I can add a product to my site. I can do so much stuff. So I feel wow. like right now I'm thinking more physical products because it's easier on my body physically, you know, because yeah. nails do you think a lot. Do you think if it weren't for this year, you would have been thinking like that already or it would have taken you longer? I don't know. I don't think it sounds so. like you've, you've taken a very found the rough patch and, and found, yes, I found a silver lining or you've yeah. conquered the beast. <laughs> Seriously. Because back then I didn't really have any time to like, think about, I didn't have time to sit down and make a Shopify site and sell products. And now I'm like, wow, I've just unlocked a whole thing. So awesome. I think, yeah, I think definitely expanding with physical products and who knows what else. I have a lot of ideas. Ever since I did this, I'm like, wow, the world is my oyster. <laughs> Feeling good. That's awesome. That's yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we definitely need to know where we're buying those press-ons because they sound amazing. <laughs> I have more information on. I already your have selected some styles on Instagram, Taylor. <laughs> I will send them to you later. Do I it for me. Have some selections. You know, I'm ready. Okay. okay. Yeah. I um. My Instagram is just nail thoughts. My uh website is just nailthoughts.com. It's all easy peasy. You can find it. Everything is always linked everywhere. And yeah. And so we can get to your Shopify from nailthoughts.com, obviously. Yes, because okay. I'll have it. I have it linked everywhere, but I haven't. Oh, sorry, I haven't made press-ons in like three months. So I'm sorry. Okay. And they've been sold out for a few months because I just can't. I'm tired. <laughs> I feel like it was such a rush. It was just adrenaline like every month. Just like, okay, I got to make 60 more. Okay, I got to do this. And like, so I feel like now I'm just... Right, hey, get taking care of yourself too. You got to do that yes. while you do your business too. That's good, another good, good nugget of advice from you, Miss Katie. Yes. Is that something you think you'll continue or you prefer to go more with the gels and continue that line? Building? No, my dream is to have a product line at Target. And I thought about press-ons, but I just don't even know how, like, like I want to get them made for me in my design. So I don't have to do like, you know, an hour per set, an hour and a half per set every time and like do the whole thing. But I don't know if I want to do press. I can't figure it out, but I know I'm going to have a product line at Target. Oh, I love that's it. Like That's a manifestation you just did right there and dreaming yeah. big. Yeah, awesome. I do. And I'm telling you, manifestation is very important. And this is recorded. So we're going to be right there at the Target party. Dude, with I you. know. The champagne. I'm telling you. I'm so glad I have it out there because now then once it happens, I'm going to be like, look at this. I just had a quick uh, thought that you're on Shark Tank. I thought she's going to go on Shark Tank and then someone's going to pick her up. And then the like two minutes later, we've got Target. Just that's I what mean, I thought. Everyone's leaning in, in case you're wondering. I know, all of us there. just leaned we in. All, we all leaned in simultaneously. 
yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's an incredible story that you're telling us um, for a lot of reasons, I think. Yeah. Um, because what I keep hearing in, in what you're saying is that in so many moments of challenges, you pivoted and still took a step forward. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily yeah. in the same line, because yeah. that wasn't always available. So the salon closes, you pivot, take a step that way. Something else happens, you take a pivot, take a step. But I keep hearing a step forward. Always, yeah. Because I feel like it's it's there. It's going to be really hard and really stressful. But it's there. Like it's at, you just got to get going. Like it gets sticky, <laughs> but you just yeah. got it. Like if you really believe in it. If you're really excited about it and you really know that people will enjoy this and this will make people happy, then just keep going. You know, the second you have a doubt, even just the other day, I was on the phone with someone and they were like, oh, I was like talking about an idea, which I should not have because I feel like what I do is I I tend to keep my ideas pretty secret until it's final. But I made I made the mistake of explaining a new idea to someone and they were like, oh, be careful because this. Oh my God. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like I was just like, Oh, am I making a mistake? And I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So I feel like mm-mm. good. You talk to yourself. You yeah. You just got to keep it one. secret. <laughs> and then it sounds just- like when people name their baby and they say, you know, this is your baby. Like don't share too much. Cause everyone's going to criticize the baby name no matter what. Yes. It's like, just wait until the baby's here and they won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand when people do that now. Like they're like, I'm like, oh, what's the name going to be? And they're like, ooh, we're not saying. And I'm like, you know what? Good. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> we don't deserve to know. Yeah. So fun to hear about kind of where you started and and how hard you worked to get where you are. And, you know, that I know you're not going to obviously here publicly divulge your, your little secrets and things to come, but I look forward to seeing what's what's to come from Nail Thoughts and and how you build your community around you and how you tell your stories. And um, yeah. definitely yeah. it's engaging and, and, it, and it, I think it, it, it brings people together and, and that's exciting to see. So congratulations yeah. to all you're doing and Thanks. not, it's not a congratulations endpoint. It's a congratulations on the road that you continue yes. to go on. <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah. Well, the, in your entrepreneurial environment, I think what's interesting for me to hear, not having done that path before is you sort of go headwind into it. Yeah. Like of a sailing term. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> and you knew it was going to eventually happen that I talked about sailing. No, but, sailing. Um, but I think like I'm listening to this saying, okay, so if you're sensitive about comparison or you're sensitive to judgment or you have fears about what people will think, and then you decided to start a creative artistic business, which is like going straight into that. complexity. It's like, okay, well, now we're going to, you know, and that's where I think the trading comfort for growth is such an interesting idea there to say, I mean, you're doing it on the minute on the hour, trading comfort for growth and saying, second, I feel like I'm like, I just want to take a nap. (laughs) So tired. (laughs) I'm always uncomfortable, always sweating, (laughs) always. Brene Brown talks about this as the birthplace for joy, creativity, and change, right? This place of we're vulnerable. And when we get to that place, that's where all the big magical things can happen. It is. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you talk yeah. about. It's so true. Seriously, magical things. Like I've just been like, oh my God. And I feel like also I don't sit with myself enough and just be like, wow, 
good job. Like you just did all of that. Like a billion people in the world want to do that. And then like, you're, you just did that, you know? And I don't, I don't sit with myself enough. I'm usually pretty like hard on myself where I don't think I'm doing enough all the time. So I feel like, yeah, just trying to learn to just sit still and be comfortable in the stillness and not feeling any FOMO for not doing anything. Just Mm -hmm. being like, Hey, you know what? We did a lot. We're going to rest. Love it. I love it all. I'm so excited. Hey, wait. Oh my God. You're going to love this. A long time ago, I think a year ago, I wrote that I wanted to be on a podcast. I actually wrote it down. I'm not even just saying that. I wrote it down. I wanted to be on a podcast so badly. Katie, the queen of manifestation. You don't even know. I'm manifesting that this podcast is going to be huge, by the way. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Do it in my spare time. I'm like, man, I sent to my friends. I'm like, I would send it to them with no context too. I wouldn't say anything because I just wanted to like be, have them be like, wow, I really like this. You send them like bickering and they're like, what's your problem, Katie? <laughs> I actually did send the bickering. I sent it to Mimi. Shout out Mimi. Shout out Mimi. Mimi Rogers. Mimi Rogers. Um, and I sent it to her and I, all I put was, see you. Uh, it, what did I say? I said the blistering study. Oh my God. I love that. I'm fascinated. Yeah. And it's so real. It is so real. It's crazy, isn't it? All right. Well, Katie, thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me. As we wrap up today, we're thankful for the wisdom that Katie shared about her business and about how she has traded comfort for growth on a daily basis to expand that business. We've seen how comparison harms us, and we've learned the need to silence our critics by imagining ourselves on the desert road to stick to our purpose. Well, thank you for joining us today. And please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Perhaps even take a page from Katie's playbook and send an episode to a friend. Well, next week, we'll begin our four-part series on forgiveness and reconciliation, and we can't wait to share that with you. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.